0: Hello and welcome to Objective Health. I am your co-host Doug, and with me are my co-hosts Elliot and Erica. Hello. And in the background, on the ones and twos, keeping it real, is Damien. Hello. So on this show, we are doing another in the news episode where we look at the latest headlines and give us give you our take on it. Uh, starting off today, headline that was pretty damn funny. Uh, I thought it was funny anyway. Moderna sues Pfizer and BioNTech over COVID-19 vaccine. So, isn't that great? The two at the top fighting amongst each other.
1: Are you sure that's not the Babylon Bee? (laughs) No, apparently not. It was on Forbes,
0: if you can believe that. So, yeah. Yep. Moderna filed lawsuit against Pfizer and BioNTech, the company said Friday, alleging they copied Moderna's foundational mRNA technology used for its COVID-19 vaccine to create their own coronavirus shot, which have brought tens of billions of dollars in sales for all three of the vaccine manufacturers. Now, interestingly enough, this is the smaller guy suing the bigger guy. Because if you look at the, the cash that flowed in to the two companies, Pfizer did way better, which isn't really surprising. I mean, they had like exclusive contracts with entire countries. Israel, I know, was only using Pfizer. There's probably other ones as well. Um, Yeah, it says in the article Pfizer predicted 32 billion in sales, while Moderna estimated 19 billion. So Moderna's trying to get some of that cash.
2: Yeah, and interesting. Moderna, if you look at the history, they have very much kind of carved out their identity when it comes to, to mRNA technology, right? This has been something that Moderna has been working on for a long time. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if Pfizer did copy the technology. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Moderna <laughs> doesn't have a very long track record. Pfizer, on the other hand, does. And we know that Pfizer is a criminal organization or criminal uh, company who have been sued, who have been found to um, be doing lots of illegal activities and have basically paid, paid out uh, several individuals, probably thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. Um, backhand deals, there's corruption, there's all kinds of stuff that Pfizer has been um, in, in, in in uh they've been found to to be uh yeah to do sorry i lost my words there (laughs) basically they're
1: they're corrupt gangsters they're corrupt
2: gangsters
1: (laughs) that control the market yes Yes.
2: it's yeah
0: it's totally true
1: conflicts of interest you know no just fraud
0: just straight up fraud Fraud, right yeah i mean you know putting out drugs that are uh damaging to people and knowing beforehand that they probably are and then they bring them out and they work how much they're going to have to pay out in lawsuits into their budget. So, I mean, they know whether it's worth bringing a drug onto the market. If they think they can make more money, then they'll have to pay back in lawsuits, more or less, you know.
2: Yeah, so, this part of their business model. And yeah. it works really well. They still make massive amounts of profits. So this is a really, like, criminal criminal company that we we're, we're dealing with right here and um and it wouldn't make it wouldn't surprise me in the, in the least if um if they had actually copied uh, fraudulently copied the uh the technology from Moderna I would imagine if Moderna is taking this to court and is actually suing them they probably have some good evidence for that as well what's interesting with the lawsuit uh, just quickly is that there's a couple of really funny uh, uh aspects to this Actually, so, so they've said that they're, they're only that basically at the start of the so-called pandemic, uh, there was a, like a patent which was placed on on this kind of technology. But that was temporarily halted. Right? It's temporarily halted because I, I'm not sure of the details of this, but I'm guessing that because there was a, a worldwide pandemic and it was such a, a rush. Uh, to, to get vaccines out to everyone in the world, um, that Moderna could no longer claim complete ownership of this. And ultimately, you needed another company which could come along and, and, and also manufacture these kinds of vaccines to get it out at the speed at which they thought that they needed to get it out. Um, but what they're saying is is that uh, they're claiming damages or they're, they're claiming they, they, they want a piece of the pie, part of the sales, uh, anything that's come after March 2022. So in between the period of, of like, um, was it October, 2020 and March, 2022, uh, it doesn't look as though they can they can claim anything for that. Um, but after March, March, March 8th, 2022 is when they're basically saying, look, now we are going to be claiming monetary damages because that's when the, uh, this, this halting of the patent supposedly is lifted. Mm. Interesting.
1: And now nobody wants their products anymore anyway, so they're all losing money.
0: I think, yeah, they are. That's true. That's true. Well, one interesting thing, our uh, good friend, Dr. Malone, Dr. Robert Malone, um, he basically uh, did a sub stack. He has a sub stack that you can check out, actually. It's quite good. But he did an article about it because basically saying everybody kind of came to him and said, hey, what's going on with this? And he's his basic take on it is, well, they're all ripping me off, so I don't actually care. Like he's, he he goes through, it's a very long piece where he's going through kind of all the patents and all that kind of stuff and showing that, you know, I was involved in this research long beforehand and blah, 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 blah. And all of their patents, you know, there's an obligation when you file a patent to um, look at everything that came before it and, you know, prove that what you're doing is different than the already patented material or whatever, you know, I I certainly am not an expert in this area. Um And what he's basically saying is that he's never mentioned in any of those patents. All the work that he was doing with this other company at the time um, doesn't get mentioned at all. Uh, It's as if it just kind of came out of thin air. So he says most of the people who are claiming um, patented property on these types of things are actually just ripping him off. Hmm. And to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't be surprised if that was true. I mean, you hear about this kind of stuff all the time in the corporate world you know, these big businesses are always ripping each other off. So maybe Moderna is suing Pfizer for saying that they came up with it when even they didn't come up with it, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, indeed.
0: And actually, even just it's- to say all the stuff that Elliot and we were saying about Pfizer and stuff like that, we don't know. Moderna might be exactly the same. <laughs> you know, they, they might be just as badly, not as big. So we're certainly not picking sides here.
1: <laughs> but, they, but it did sound like they were kind of a failing company. I mean, Whitney Rev has written about it like that. They were a failing company that had been in business. I want to say for 10 years and never really produced much of anything of any import yeah. until they came up with this
2: technology. So yeah. That's you know. exactly it. 2010. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And their whole, their entire f- focus is on messenger RNA or right. RNA therapeutics. So you know i just whether they stole it from someone else such as robert malone who knows but i you know i was just pointing out that it's it's interesting that they they've kind of you know carved out this whole area and it just by happens that the pandemic comes along and they can all of a sudden start cranking out this technology that they've been working on for 10 years Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden pfizer comes in swoops in (laughs) and takes most of the profits i mean it's funny but uh i hope I, I just dislike pfizer yeah <laughs> so
0: me too
2: i'd like to see them taken down but we really not going to be true
0: well no i'm sure that this lawsuit will just be yet another drop in the bucket you know maybe they might well make, and especially
1: uh... since they spent billions in advertising i mean that's the craziest thing like every mainstream news outlet like it's all sponsored by pfizer so it's a uh, it's like Pepsi, Coke. You know what I mean. Uh, yeah. They they managed to get rid of J and J a while back. You know when when and I shared on this show, can't remember which show, of course, but you know how all of a sudden you saw bad news about Johnson and Johnson coming out about the vaccine, mm. which you would never see in previous years. AstraZeneca you know? they, as well.
0: I remember they started yes. accusing AstraZeneca of causing blood clots, and it's like, well, wait a second. <laughs> they all cause blood clots why are you picking on AstraZeneca
1: so it's the most evil piling to the top as always you know it'll yeah. be one you'll have one choice and it will be either the injection by Pfizer or the Paxlovid. you know what I mean and that will be it or their drugs you know that kill you and, and yeah needless to say we're not funded by Pfizer <laughs>
0: Can you imagine if we were? My God. No, we
1: wouldn't be here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So moving on, um, there was another article in the Exposé, which incidentally is another really good. I I try to point out when we um, are covering pieces from really good kind of um, uh, news sites. Um, The Exposé has been doing really good COVID ones. Like they, they do deep dives into things. They're like really looking at the data, um, which you don't see a lot, especially in the mainstream. I mean, you don't see this at all in the mainstream, but, um, they're really good at kind of parsing the data, taking data. Like, you know, the, the, these government organizations do these like data dumps. Right. And it's like, for the most part, nobody looks at it, but these guys are actually really good because they actually go through and they parse it and they say, what is this actually saying? So yeah, we've done a few articles by them in the past. Um, But just wanted to mention that. So this one, the headline, one in every 482 vaccinated people died within one month of COVID-19 vaccination in England, according to the U.K. government. One in every 482 vaccinated people died within one month of being vaccinated. That is just insane. So basically, again, what they've done is grabbed data. Um it was from a UK government institution known as the Office for National Statistics. Uh they published a, a data set on deaths by vaccination status in England between first of January 2021 and 31st of May 2022. Now this was unusual because the the UK government had said up until then that they didn't have that data, that they couldn't provide that data, etcetera, et cetera. And then this other organization did it. Maybe it just kinda of slipped through the cracks. It's like, oops. Were we not supposed to release that? (laughs) But as you go through, as with all the expose pieces, there's lots of graphs. Um, That one there that Damien has up on the screen right now is showing. So, yeah, over on the left-hand side, um, COVID-19 deaths. So it's just under 10,000. Non-COVID-19 deaths is up above 80,000. And all deaths combined, 92,146. And that was deaths within one month of getting the COVID vaccination in England between those dates so um, they go through and do some more number crunching Um, yeah I forget I I forget the exact details here but basically they go through in, in kind of striking detail on how they came to the conclusion um that they get that number one in every 482. it wasn't particularly complicated math like i was able to actually follow it but you know i won't i won't kind of rehash it here but you can read the article and see but it's just like you know it's shocking and at the same time not so shocking i mean we know we've been covering for the last two years how these vaccines are killing people and the multiple different ways that they're killing people so it's really, in, in a sense, not overly surprising that we're seeing numbers like this, but at the same time, it's kind of shocking, like one in just under 500. That's like, that's, that's really frequent when you consider the numbers of millions of people who are being vaccinated.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so, so the way that they did the calculation, it was that they looked at the total amount of people who'd had one dose. So that's 44.48 million. They divided that by the number of deaths, so that was 90, 92,146, and it equals 482. Ah. So one in every 482 people die within that time frame after having this single dose. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Elliot. <laughs> it's too
0: complicated math for me to go over.
1: It's in the no. article in case you need to refer to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, but I mean, basically it is it's it's terrible. Um, and although it seems like you might think oh, one in every 482 people die. Well, that's that's one in every 482 people. That's that's not much, you know. That's that's kind of just like the necessary kind of sacrifice that people need to do for collective protection. Uh one thing to note though is that, that i mean there have been a lot of other statistics which would suggest that the number is potentially even higher than that mm. in different countries right and this is only telling you um within one month right now it turns out that there's a lot of people who are getting severe issues which are not within one month of vaccination there's people who are getting COVID or who got COVID for five months after having the vaccine and then dying and being put down as COVID deaths, right? So, so there's there's basically a lot of deaths which are potentially un- not counted for, but by any stretch of the imagination, by all accounts, like one in every 400 or 500 is still is still significant for mm-hmm. a vaccine which is meant to protect, which mm-hmm. is meant to be safe uh which they constantly try to play down the potential negative effects of um this doesn't account for permanent disability this doesn't account for autoimmune autoimmunity uh, cardiovascular disease heart failure uh this is only people who died within one month Mm -hmm. so we have to factor in that the number is likely a lot higher and as we'll see in a little while it's also not factoring in miscarriages as well. Mm. So if you factor in how many babies died because of miscarriages, again, that would probably bring the number up even more. Um, so yeah, it's bad, but w- we do have reason to think that it's potentially a lot worse than this as well. That's, that's my point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like deaths are the worst outcome and death within mm-hmm. one month. Right. Yeah. But it's it's there's still a whole host of other things, other kinds of problems that could be caused, as you were just saying. But
1: well, since... I found it interesting in the article too how they talked about um, in every single month since 2022, partially vaccinated and double vaccinated, 18 to 39 year olds have been more likely to die than the unvaccinated at the same age group, mm-hmm. whereas triple vaccinated, same age group. um have a, had a mortality rate that worsened by the month following the mass booster campaign. So, you know, again, we we've talked about in the show that they could figure out pretty quickly by comparing vaccinated and unvaccinated a lot more details, but they won't do that because they know that it's not going to this numbers aren't going to come out to support the vaccine, you know? Oh, so no. it's like they're they're holding on to that sinking ship. Yeah. And now people are actually seeing it. So there's a lot more, you know, these articles are becoming a lot more shared by people, especially I'd imagine in the UK because these these organizations are actually just putting out the raw data there so people can see it.
0: Well, Elliot, you brought up miscarriages. So maybe that's the one we should go to next. Uh, an article from the Substack of Pierre Corrie Dr. Pierre Corey. Um, He came to prominence a while back towards the beginning, I guess, of the um, COVID pandemic and he was speaking out. um, Really uh, just another very good resource as well. Um, But he talks about how uh, massive miscarriage rates among vaccinated pregnant women found buried in the Pfizer documents. So he's talking about these Pfizer documents where Pfizer was ordered by a court to release a dump of their documents uh, every month, I believe mm-hmm. that is the data that was sent to the FDA in order for the vaccine to receive emergency use authorization. I believe that's it. Do I, I have that right, guys? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So um, hardly anybody is covering this Pfizer data. Um, it kind of like the first couple of dumps you saw, like it getting a lot of traction and people talking about it. But for some reason, as time has gone on, less and less people seem to be covering this. Now, part of that reason, and uh, Dr. Corey actually talks about that in this, is that it's put in a language that is very difficult to decipher. So a journalist isn't just going to be able to glance at it and say like, holy shit, look how many people died. It's not, it's not like that. It's, it's in a very couched language, very difficult to interpret. Now, Naomi, Naomi Wolf, has actually got a team put together who are combing through all this data. And they're releasing stuff all the time. Um, And a a lot of the stuff that you see maybe other people talking about often is coming from her and her team. So anyway, all that said, um, one thing that uh, Pierre Corrie is talking about in this article, and he does address a number of different things, um, but is the number of miscarriages that happened during the human trials On the Pfizer vaccine. Um, He says that there were 274 pregnancy cases um, of women who were uh, vaccinated and either then got pregnant or were pregnant before they got vaccinated. Uh, 270 pregnancies were reported in vaccinated women during the first 12 weeks of the vaccine campaign. In 238 of them, no outcome was provided. So they only knew the outcome of 32 pregnancies reported. What happened in those 32 pregnancies on on follow-up? Well, funny you should ask. 23 spontaneous abortions. Two spontaneous abortions with intrauterine death. Two premature births with neonatal death. One spontaneous abortion with neonatal death. One normal outcome. One. Out of 32. Just
2: to to clarify, that is 87.5 percent death rate for the fetus. Right. With the right. vaccine.
0: And how many uh government medical bodies have been uh telling pregnant women that they should get vaccinated or have to get vaccinated in some cases?
2: <laughs> and what I'm curious of is where are the other where's the rest of the the two two hundred and thirty eight of them? What happened to the two hundred and thirty eight pregnancies? like how (laughs) the number could be much higher than i mean 87.5 percent is 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 an abomination yeah but why have they not commented on the other pregnancies yeah you know what happened to the mums did the mums die like (laughs) what what's going on here yeah uh but on the small amount of pregnancies that were included i mean that that's this is sick Yeah, it does. Well, and you can
1: tell that Naomi Wolf is very um, disturbed by this because she did write an article back in May and it's on SOT. It's called Dear Friends, Sorry to Announce a Genocide, Dr. Naomi Wolf on the Pfizer Confidential Report. And so she, again, talks about the same kind of thing. And, um, you know, they have over 3,000 highly credentialed doctors, nurses, biostaticians, medical fraud investigators looking into these internal documents. So Mm. uh, I recommend people read that because it's more of just the same as we're talking about, but it is, it's, you know, dare, we call it genocide to be eliminating the future of the world, not even just the U S or Europe or anything, you know what I mean? And how it's being done is so malicious and and yeah, and and as I shared when we did a our, our uh, interview about um, Dr. Peter McCullough, like this is not something that doctors normally do. They don't normally vaccinate pregnant women. They're off limits. It's just too risky. You can't experiment on unborn children and, and all that kind of got thrown to the wind. And now we're seeing the results of it with people like Dr. Wolf and these 3,000 people looking into these, this word salad that you were talking about in those Pfizer documents and really finding like what's happening. And it's, it's frightening, actually, you know, really frightening.
0: Yeah. Well, Dr. Corey also goes on to talk about how it's not just, um, you know, this spontaneous abortions or miscarriages, it's also affecting fertility and this is where we've actually we covered this on a on a previous show but he he goes into it and it certainly doesn't hurt going over it again um and that is the birth rates that are plummeting in many countries around the world like at unprecedented rates um you know all kinds of experts are coming out and say you know you do see blips in 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 birth rates all the time but these are massive drop-offs in very short periods of time Like birth rate is normal, 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 sudden drop. And there's not a heck of a lot that can explain that um, other than the elephant in the room, which the media will never talk about. But that is the vaccine. So, yeah, in Stockholm, during the first quarter of 2022, birth rates plummeted by 14%. Uh, shocking a professor in demographics it is drastic and remarkable reduction beyond the usual we have never seen anything like this before that the bottom just falls out in just one quarter
2: yeah similar thing for uh multiple other countries uh germany if you look at the graph uh it it doesn't say the exact percentage but it looks in the realm of like 30 percent for the first quarter um same thing as Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland has had a drop by what looks to be 15, 15%. Uh, Hungary is down 20%. Taiwan is down 27%. The UK and North Dakota are reporting between 12 and 13% declines, and Norway is down 6.2%. So like very sudden, very sudden in the first quarter of 2022, what could potentially explain that well climate change
1: <laughs> maybe maybe that what is that that extinction rebellion maybe their message got across to just you know don't have kids
0: <laughs> yeah that must be it everybody took that up yeah it's um it's really crazy it's really well, if you crazy. think
2: about it right first quarter of 2022 You'd need to kind of take away nine months from that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you take away nine months from, say, what, first quarter of 2022. So that's what, January. So then nine months from January takes you to about March 2021. And when did they start rolling out vaccines for women of childbearing age? It was around Around that time.
0: March of Mm -hmm. 2021, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was around that time. It was it was almost exact. Yeah. Uh or is slightly before and slightly after depending on the countries and that's when everyone was gunning for their vaccines. Mm-hmm. It was it was early mid early to mid 2021. So what you're seeing is because nothing happened in the first quarter of 2022. Everything was actually opening up. The whole covid thing has ca- calmed down. Even the vaccine push, you know, people weren't necessarily getting the vaccines Uh, to the extent that they were in 2021. So, you know, nothing changed in 2022. It's just what came before that. You know, people weren't... They weren't carrying a baby to give birth to. It's not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. It definitely isn't. And we've also covered on the show,
0: which, again, Peter Corey goes into, that um, it has been... Somewhat documented, although still being kind of dodgy about actually just coming out and saying it, that the vaccines are causing menstrual irregularities in women. You know, I mean, these things all go hand in hand, obviously. It clearly has an affinity for the female reproductive system and is causing negative consequences. Uh, He relates a story that I actually hadn't heard before. He said, we knew about the University of Illinois researchers who were trying to survey 5,000 women to study the effects on menstruation of the vaccine and were besieged with over 30,000 responses in like a two in like a day or two. The results were disturbing and were either explained away or as temporary or just ignored. And that's what we've seen. You know, at first they were like, no, no, that's nonsense that it causes menstrual irregularities. And then they're kind of like, well, it causes them, but they're temporary. Don't worry about it. It's not, it's no big deal. It's like, well, there's clearly something bigger going on here. Um, Yeah. I mean, this is just typical.
1: Well, and it was interesting in the paragraph above that they were talking about how places like Facebook, where women get together and they share their stories, right? So you're thinking the average person, social media, that's their information kind of pipeline. And um, it says the groups were shut down by Facebook And uh, remember the vaccine campaign had only one enemy vaccine hesitancy and our federal government paid $1 billion to media companies to support a favorable view of vaccines so massive groups of women reporting severe menstrual irregularities would drive vaccine hesitancy. So talk must be suppressed at all costs. So then all of a sudden you saw the conversation be eliminated and, you know, and then the whole, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist or you're crazy anti-vaxxer or whatever. But now these women have nowhere to go to discuss these things, right? So, and then people go on with their lives because they have to. And maybe that's what they hoped all along. Like if we just ignore it enough, it will go away. And to be clear, and I've said this before on the show, there's already an issue with women getting pregnant in the current climate in which we live. And I don't mean that weather. I mean, like it, what we've talked about, mass poisoning, whether it's chemicals, pharmaceuticals or whatever, like women are having a harder time having children. Most women will have at least one miscarriage trying to get pregnant. You know, so those now it's just compounding and tenfold you know so when you when I actually see a pregnant woman I'm like wow there's actually a pregnant woman you know I mean compared to 20 years ago you know and it just makes you wonder and this is where we kind of go into I'll put that tinfoil hat on like is there a conscious effort to really reduce the birth rate I mean Elon Musk actually came out and said it recently like openly like we're seeing a decline in births, like we're less people are coming to the planet, we don't have an overpopulation problem, you know, so when that guy can say it, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious, it's pretty obvious, there's something going on. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, in our last article, which is from uh, a blog called the blog which I had actually never come across before, and it's actually pretty good, written by a guy named Rob Slane. Um, The name of the article is A Herd of Elephants in the Room Bellowing for Attention. And in it, he basically points out that a number of mainstream media outlets have been pointing out the number of uh, excess deaths that are happening uh, currently. Um, He points it out in... Uh, The UK, where the Daily Telegraph and I think it was the Daily Mail as well had both um, mentioned this. Britain is in the grip of a silent health crisis. For 14 of the past 15 weeks, England and Wales have averaged about a 1,000 extra deaths each week, none of which are due to COVID. If the current trajectory continues, the number of non-COVID excess deaths will soon outstrip deaths from the virus this year and be even more deadly than the Omicron wave. So what is going on? Experts believe decisions taken by the government in the earliest stages of the pandemic may now be coming back to bite. Policies that kept people indoors, scared them away from hospitals, and deprived them of treatment and primary care are taking their toll. And as the author points out, which I would tend to agree with, it's great that they're actually covering this, that they're actually showing that there are these excess deaths. This is the kind of thing that would typically be kind of swept under the rug and not covered by these news outlets but as the title of the piece suggests there is a herd of elephants in the room bellowing for attention here and that is if this isn't because of lockdown yes okay some of it might have been because of lockdown but we're past that now you know we're how many months out of lockdown are we now yeah i
2: mean in the uk it's been it's been over a year over a year. over a year Right.
0: So we can't really blame it on that, can we? So, again, they are ignoring the elephants in the room. These are clearly vaccine deaths. Mm -hmm. At least a good percentage of them are.
2: Yeah, what they're saying is that the measures put in place uh, essentially made, made people scared to go and go to hospital to go to the doctors to get treatment to leave the house that kind of thing right and so big you know that's the narrative that that's their take on this whole situation is yeah okay like you said doug it's 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 those early effects maybe people missing treatment so people missing cancer screenings people missing you know general health screenings that kind of thing things were missed at that time and therefore what we're dealing with is the repercussions from that Um, And yes, like those things could be contributing to it. But if you look at the graph in that article and you see the sheer number of excess deaths um, compared to other years, uh, even 2021 and 2020, uh, you you see (laughs) there's 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 a there's a lot. There's a lot happening this year. That's for sure and what are we dealing with this year well the vast majority of the population have been at least double vaccinated in the uk the vast majority and there's many people with three or four vaccines three or four vaccines right so one or two boosters and there's good reason to believe that with each booster increases the likelihood of some kind of significant event right so the more boosters one gets the more likely someone is to develop a blood clot, or to develop some kind of a cardiac event, or immediate, you know, immediate death, acute, acute trauma, or whatever. So, I mean, it seems as though, uh, in all likelihood, this is not just because of social me- measures, and not just because of people missing out on treatment. Although that is significant, it it it's unlikely that this would account for such a magnitude of effect.
0: Yeah, exactly. Damien, can you pull the article back up again and go down to that first graph? I just wanted to show that. Because one thing that he points out is that, you know, although these these, um, news articles that he's referring to are are talking about England, um, he says that this is not a particularly British phenomenon. Um, The last 15 weeks of excess deaths data across Europe from the European Mortality Monitoring Project, which is called EuroMOMO, show essentially the same thing and i don't know how much you can actually see on the graph there but those lines at the bottom are 2018 2019 2021 2020 2021 and then that top one the one that goes way up the yellow line ah you zoomed in okay great that's 2022. so that's what we're looking at here the number of excess deaths it is a lot and that is across europe okay so that doesn't include the us that doesn't include canada um we're probably looking at a lot more i mean obviously we're looking at a lot more but it wouldn't surprise me if this trend is also being seen in these other countries any country that had high vaccine uptake would be my guess
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah
2: yeah happy show as usual well they well, I mean they did they did find at the bottom at the bottom of the article he, he talks about excess mortality um in the US. And there hmm. is there is a graph. Um and what he's done, either he's colored them or someone else has colored them. But what you can see, so this is is not looking at twenty twenty two, but it is showing the third quarter of twenty twenty-one and third quarter twenty twenty one that's uh what that's the summer right mm. so that's the summer yeah and mid to late summer, and what we're seeing there is among the twenty five to thirty four well twenty five to sixty four age group we're seeing very significant increases in excess mortality for for that time of the year right. Very, 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 very significant. And you see how it's colored in red and slightly darker. Green is relative to 100%. So uh, green is, is kind of lower than normal as it's moving towards yellow, orange, and red. It means it's significantly higher. Now, in the third quarter of 2021, for two of those age age groups, so between the age of 35 and 54, there was over... More than double, more than double the excess mortality, which kind of fits in pretty well with what the UK is now seeing and what's what's been seen in other European countries, is that around that time um, people were starting to die in much higher amounts, and uh, and there was no no identifiable reason for that, um, and a lot of the times uh, this I mean COVID COVID can't account for this. COVID has basically been gone. Yeah. You know, I mean, that there, there, there were waves or whatever, but COVID is gone. <laughs> like... the are back that... to the
1: seasonal flu and, and cold yeah. season.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, even even late into 2021, this time last year, COVID was really quite irrelevant. You know, it'd been around for more than a year at that, at, at that point. And so really, it, there's a lot of justification to assume that, anything that's happened kind of post early 2021 mid 2021 uh it's it's very likely because of the vaccine mm-hmm. which is what we've been talking about the whole you know the whole show basically yeah um yep
0: well i think that's basically our show for this week unless you guys had anything else you wanted to add don't get the vaccine guys that's my that's the moral. The moral of the story.
2: Yeah, um, don't get the vaccine, guys. <laughs> I know we're probably not yeah, supposed to say uh, that,
1: but don't get the don't get the booster, guys.
2: Yeah, <laughs> don't get boosted. You probably don't need Paxlovid as well. Just take Just some vita-
1: vitamin C and get lots of sleep and some water. and... <laughs> Go outside. It's <laughs> good advice. Without a mask.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, for everybody, for joining us on this show. Um, we will have another show for you at some point in the future. Don't Maybe not. Well, <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to like, subscribe, uh, share with all your friends and family, and we will see you on the next one. Bye.